on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. Stop wasting time. You can't know everything. You'll never know everything. You're limited from your experience. I think you can grow your experience through networking and getting different perspectives in business for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's real power in collaboration. You get intentional about how you spend your time. It's pretty glaring if you're honest with yourself. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Matt Weatherly here on the King stage. My brother, how you doing? Doing well, Chaz. We're here in the Midwest, and the morning after the the, the Chiefs win the AFC Championship, I know we popped on form. here. What'd you say? In dramatic form. <laughs> in dramatic form, naturally. I was just telling my wife last night, late when I got home, that it was the slowest second half I've ever been a part of. It was so <laughs> cold. And we're sitting there and delay after delay. And then all of a sudden, boop, they won. It was like, whoa, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> anyway, repping the, uh, repping the official the gear this morning. I, t- I was telling you, I'm not, I'm not that big of a sports fan, really. I'm much more of a, like, if it's got the last name Wolf on the jersey, then I'm all about it. But that's okay. Every now and then, win in Rome, they say, right? Absolutely. Well, Matt, um, I'm thankful that you're here to uh, to give of your time and expertise. What kind of business do you have? Uh, Luna Associates is an independent manufacturer's rep firm. So we bridge the gap for manufacturers in the sales process to contractors and their clients, mainly. We work with we, we occupy commercial roofing space, but we bill ourselves as building envelope representatives. So air and ba- air barriers, below grade waterproofing. And we, we work with contractors, architects, distribution owners, even to help facilitate and move our manufacturer partners, clients, everyone talk about those guys, their products. Yeah. 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 I love, I love how you're triaging the relationships. Really. You've got some products and you've got some end users and several people in between that you're kind of helping manage, manage the, uh, the whole process. I mean, adding value along the way and, and the commercial roofing space is huge. Um, we all go into big buildings and we're thankful that they have a roof. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a great business. It's, 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 people don't even know about it. Like, yeah. like growing up, you get, I knew about it because my dad was in commercial roofing, but Everybody I talk to is oh, so you do shingles. It's like, no, no, <laughs> no. way down the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. We like to, it's a great business. Everybody needs one of them last forever. So yeah. that's kind of, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good place to be. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're excited to be able to get into some of the, the detail of what that means and how you're able to serve people, how we can learn from you here today. But from a bigger perspective, I want to know for you personally and, or even corporately inside the business, what, What's the why? why are, what's the burning desire for you? Why are you pushing? Why is the company itself, even after all of its success, why is it still pushing to go to the next level? I think, I think for me personally, a lot of it has to do with age and just a competitive spirit. I'm young. So there's a lot of, I got a lot of time left. And so what yeah. do you do with that time? I want to 
I want to do well. I want to do, I want to do a, I don't know, good job. Isn't necessarily the way to talk about it, but I 37, I got, I got time. So, so yeah. why not? Yeah. I'm a comp- and then competitively, I like to win and I probably, probably hate to lose more than I like to win. Sure. Just, it's something yeah. about, I don't know what there is there about that, but I grew up playing basketball sports. You're always looking for the next shot. You're always looking for the next thing. So for me personally, this is another progression in my career, my experience from business perspective that I just want to attack and do well at. Uh, corporately from a company perspective, I think that, I think we're always getting pushed by our, our vendors to do better. I think that we all agree that if you're not, if you're not growing, you're dying. We yeah. all have a very competitive nature within the organization, the three founders, and then myself that we, we like to win. Winning's fun. So, it, and then, and then we're small enough. Luna Associates is comprised of 12, 12 people. So we have a, right. we have a family dynamic and we want everybody to do well. It's yeah. not just about, it's, the business is not about sales necessarily or making money. It's, it's about creating, creating a sustainable business for everybody to do well in. So I think that that's, I think that that sums up, I guess. Yeah. Well, I've heard you say several things kind of probably inside of that, and maybe we can explore some of them. But when you say sustainable business for everybody, obviously there's the, there's the manufacturer and then the end user, and then all the little stop stopping points along the way, but then there's your people. Like, like you said, for everybody. So like you're building and have been for, for a while, a business that has people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And people, people are what make product and people are what make the sales process go around and, and all of these things that, uh, that, that you facilitate or even offer training or, or um, relationship, maybe management of, I just think that, uh, I just think that that's probably, probably the, the biggest thing, which I know is part of your part of your game, probably a big part of, of why you're there. That's because you got to keep people. You got to, you got to, you got to grow something that's sustainable. And then the cool part is, is that you get to be able to actually provide something for like their families. Do you guys talk about this inside internally, inside the, the bigger circles of like your people and, and the impact of, of their families? Even? Yeah. I think that we are always, Luna and Associates is from a cultural perspective was kind of started out as a family. And so we are yeah. definitely very mindful maybe of of what we're what we're trying to do from a yeah. personnel perspective and benefiting these their families, you know that that's definitely a driver for the, for the business for sure for yeah for leadership in the business absolutely yeah absolutely good well let's uh, let's get into tactically let's 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 hear about your story a little bit like how did you get to the place you are today and then also maybe give us a little bit of the Luna story as well. Yeah. So where I am today, how did I get here? So I was born into commercial roofing. It's kind of funny, but once you get into roofing, it just seems like you can't get out of it. It just sticks to you. (laughs) Yeah. It's a joke within the industry. Once you're here, you're here. So I was born into it. My my father was a work for a company called Wood Roofing and Sheet Metal in Des Moines, Iowa. He ended up becoming vice president of that company at a young age. I think he was 27. Went back to school and ended up getting an an MBA, went to work for a company called FMI Consulting Firm. So we moved down to Tampa, Florida for a year. He decided he wanted to raise his family instead of traveling six days a week. So he went back to work at Wood Roofing Company and uh, grew that business. And hence the, you can't get out of it. He tried to leave it, ended up back in it. So I kind of say I didn't really have a choice. I grew up in a Christian family, church three days a week or three times a week, went to a Christian grade school, junior high and high school, went to a Christian college, worked started shingling when I was about 15 in the summertime. We, me and my buddies were athletes. We, we liked, we liked the labor. So it helped us get strong for basketball season or whatever. Right. And then I just continued in the roofie from, from a shingle person, I was shingling roofs and then kind of got into a little bit of a spot where I dropped out of college and 
wanted to go do me <laughs> for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we've all some, had those moments. <laughs> yeah, I got into some trouble, moved in with some buddies. We kind of probably a poor decision, but I got a lot of experience. And one day I was complaining about not getting paid as a subcontractor or something at a, at a post church dinner with my family. And my dad kind of looked at me and he said, I tried to keep you out of this business, but if you're going to be in this business, why don't you come work for a union shop as you get standard pay and this, that, and the other thing. So I did, so I went and worked for their service department. So I was a service tech. And once I, I went back to college at St. Faith Baptist Bible College, um, finished, finished my degree there, moved into the office, did some project management, ran the sheet metal department, did some sales, then decided that I didn't necessarily want to live in my father's shadow forever. So went to yeah. work for a roofing distributor called ABC Supply. Okay. After that, did that for two, two and a half years. And then Lunar Associates, the guys, the local rep found me and was, he offered me a job and I moved to Omaha, Nebraska, where I've been doing the independent rep game for well, it'll be 10 years this April, April 1st, it'll be 10 years. Wow. So. wow. Yeah. So you've been around for, for a minute as well, as well as the industry, obviously for, for an even longer minute. What do you think like all this time in, and you said that you can't shake it, right? It sticks to you. <laughs> do you see yourself for the next 40 years being in the roofing commercial roofing space? Absolutely. Yeah. Why do you think uh, that, that is? Why do you think that it's, it's so sticky? Well, I think, I think it's a good business. I think it's, like I said, everybody needs a roof and none of them last forever. So there's a, there's a, there's a sustainability yeah. aspect there, but I really do think it's the people I've met some of the best people and I've made some of the, some great relationships in this industry and in this business. Yeah. And it's, it's, there, there's something, I don't know. It's, 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 it's humanitarian because nobody, nobody it's, it's silly to have an ego in roofing. It's, it's like, like you just meet very down to earth people. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, we're, we're not lawyers. We're not doctors. We're right. We're in roofing. We're so I think yeah. that, uh, I think that's a big part of it. I think the people. Yeah. 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 It's really cool that you, that you have that recognition. I think that even I th- I, we, we, we try to find our tribe, right? Like people that are like us, that are, that are going where we're going, even inside of gathering the Kings, our peer to peer mastermind group, it, it's the same thing. Like I've, I've kind of dubbed it this grateful, but not done because not, not everybody's a contractor. Not everybody's in roofing. Not everybody's in the same industry, <clears throat> but the commonality is what you just kind of described that kind of like humble, but like super competitive, super, like we're on the track to the moon, but like right here, right now, I'm not going to look down on you. In fact, if anything, we're going to collaborate together and try to make each other better. So there, there, there's this gratefulness, but there's this agreement that we're not done. We can't be done. We're made for more. That's kind of what I got from this, maybe just like a more humble crowd, maybe that you're talking about in the yeah. roofing industry, which has been my experience with the industry as well. I would, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. It's a real opportunity to, from leadership, and I think you've touched on this, listening to some of your podcasts. I think servant leadership is a, I would say that I subscribe to it, try to subscribe to it. It's not easy yeah. all the time, but uh, That's right. it, there's a lot of opportunity in this, in this business to serve people. Right. It's yeah. It's so, so from a, it's not done perspective, there's always something to do. And that's you wake up every day and it's how, how can I help? And it's just, yeah. it's just something, there's something very gratifying about that. Right. right? Yeah. Good stuff, man. <laughs> I want to go into maybe some practical things along the way that you've done in your, in your history. Looking back, what was a good decision that you made coming up the ranks or even, even now in your current role? Like what, what's something that you've done that has led to some 
some success that you can tangibly be able to show and then be able to, we can, we can learn from it. Oh, I think that some good, good decisions. Being able to admit when you're wrong is always a good decision. So for example, I dropped out of college and I went and moved in with some buddies and we were, we were going to do the, or 19, 20, 21, whatever we were. I can't hardly remember at this point. And we were partying and all this and that. And then one day I kind of woke up and I was like, wow, this is just not what I want. We were working construction. I was like, this is not what I want to do with my life. So when you're 20 and you've made, you've, you've made some really poor decisions and you've disappointed some people, specifically your parents, sure. to pick up the phone and make that call to your dad and say, Hey man, can I come home? Kind of like a prodigal son type situation. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and then the, the response being, of course you can, and getting put back onto the right track, going back to college, really buckling down, understanding that it's life is life is more than living for today. Right. I think one of the seven habits is a book and, and thinking about the end first or, or prepare, starting with the end in mind, I think is one of the, I can't, it's been a while since I've read it, but I think that that's one of the uh, things that that taught me that experience. And then I think that coming to Omaha and then, so being able to admit that you're wrong, but also being courageous. I yeah. think that the, my move to Omaha I had zero social capital here. I knew nobody. Uh, my, co- my company, I wouldn't say that they picked me up and dropped me off here, but there's only so much, <laughs> there's only so much that a, a fellow uh, Lunan associate can do for you when you're basically just trying to figure out the streets and that's right. You know, I've never done this before. Looking back on it, there was a risk there, but it paid, it paid off. Big time. And then I guess the third would be because, because of that, I would say this, I mean, from a, I met my wife here. I've got a great, beautiful family, wife and child, one on the way. Yeah. It, it just, that, that being courageous is, and taking that risk is you never know how yeah. things, how things would, how things will pan out. And then when I got here, man, it's just hard work. There's nothing else. Just understanding, working hard, growing up. I, I remember all, all the time in my life, whenever things were tough. I used to go running with my dad at a young age, eight, nine years old. We'd go jog and go three mile runs and stuff. Yeah. And he'd say, uh, be towards the end. And I'd be, I'd have a cramp and he'd never yeah. give up, never quit, never give up, never quit. He used to just say that. And I'd kind of like was in my mind all the time. It's work yeah. hard, work hard, get up every day, work hard. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that those that from, if I can s- sum it up, those would be the yeah. three things yeah, that from a good us- decision-making that I, I guess I've Done. Yeah, <laughs> it's some incredible insight there. I think that admitting when you're wrong, you're right. We oftentimes with ego don't don't do that. Whether it's obvious to everyone around us that we should or not, sometimes we hold on to those mistakes or or maybe bad poor decision making. And then obviously for you to be able to grow up and and continue to press in, I think is really a lot of what you've just described is okay, so I got set on the right track, but that doesn't that doesn't write the rest of the story for you. You know, you, you have to then continue down the path of, of continued good decision-making hard work and picking the right spouse. Like all these, these are major topics that make a big difference in, in our individual success or even corporately as a family. I think that they, they matter a lot actually. (laughs) So you're, you're, you're talking about some really, really some big things. It's funny because, um, you talking about your dad dropping little little nuggets on you while you're while you're running and stuff. I didn't know my dad growing up. He didn't know I existed, and I thought somebody else was my dad through some circumstances we met when I was 24. And I remember in this was like so like 11, almost 12 years ago, and he's told me the story of raising his children, which are my siblings, but I didn't know them, right? And taking them out to cut musk thistle out in the pasture. 
and teaching them hard work and never quit, even though it's hot and sweaty. And even though our friends maybe spray and it's a whole lot easier, we're going to, we're going to come out here with shovels and we're going to cut it because there's something to be said about a, a good day's worth of work and persevering through it. That then later in life, whether you actually have to do that or not, you have that that stick to itiveness. Would you agree that that's kind of maybe what your dad was depositing to you? And you've used that kind of time and time again? Oh, absolutely. I think that, I mean, something very gratifying about hard work and doing things that you don't want to do. It's tough right. to continue. I guess it's tough to continue that. Physical labor is, it's, it's immediate, right? So yeah. you roof a house, you start and it's terrible. And then you get done and you look at it and you say, oh, wow, I accomplished something today. And, and now it's, it's, how do you, the bigger question now is, is how do you keep that going? How do you, right. I don't know. I won't say I chase after it, but totally. yeah, yeah. It, yeah something right. I do yeah. miss about that, the, the physical side of this business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that every, if we're going to use, we're going to use King mindset, right? Like there's a, there's a warrior still inside of the King, right? Like the warrior who's in the physical battle, who's chopping away at the enemy survival. It's, it's kind of one foot in front of the other, like just keep going. Like it, this is tough. Got to persevere, but eventually things happen and you become a, a, someone different, right? You have a bigger perspective. You have maybe a family, you have a team, you have a business, you have a church, you have a community, all these other people counting on you. And, and the weight of the crown versus the sword is simply to govern, right? The sword is like, okay, we're in there doing the manual labor and that's good. Like there's a part of us that's like, Ooh, like I'm going to hold on to that. Like I'm never afraid to jump into the battle. Like I'm that King or you got to like, kind of like almost keep me back. David in the Bible was like, Hey, well, I'm going to go. And they're like, whoa, whoa, dude, if you die, <laughs> what happens to all of all of us? Like, no, we're going to put you far back in the bunker. So that way nothing can ever happen to you. And at some point we become that valuable. But the desire in us to be able to have that like that battle is obviously always still going to be there because we we were once there like heavy every single day. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think for you just as we're talking about this? I don't want to I don't want to leave it too soon. What was that transfer or transition for you? Like that warrior to king, was it a period of time? Was it was it getting married, having a family? Was it a, a new position in the company? What like what what was it for you that kind of like tipped you over the edge there and started putting oh. on that crown and putting down the sword? <laughs> I don't I don't know that I'm there yet. It's 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 be. I think I think getting married probably was a big part of helping me understand what that, of that transition, you can't, that was the first time that I really felt. And, and I mean, it, it was amplified right through having a child when oh, you're, yeah. when somebody is truly dependent on you, I yeah. think that that would be the closest, I guess the most direct or, or massive moment that, that happened to me yeah. in that capacity from a business perspective. Again, I, 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 I think I, I see the, the, on the business versus in the business, the analogies, all the, all the buzz topics, but definitely not there. That's a t t for me, that has become a discipline to try to right. look beyond what I am, what's, what's, what's right in my backyard, right? The thing that I built, the thing that I, my territory, what, right. what Matt's, what, what are Matt's sales numbers? And am I still on top? Whatever. It's hard. It's hard to move away from that. Yeah. It's definitely been hard for me. And it's something that I've been working on. Yeah. To your point, it, it's a different game right? Like yeah. it's just a bigger game. The pieces look different. We keep score differently. 
And so when you're a salesperson or when you're a warrior or when you're coming up, or even when you're, when you're building, if you're building your own business listening right now, and you're wearing all the hats, <laughs> you, you keep score completely different than when you do. And you have a, you have a team or you have even key roles in the team. And you're starting to look at your, the next, the next 10 million, as opposed to the next single job. So it's just a different game. You can still be competitive. You can still have that, like, let's go, let's go like win. Like you said earlier, I just think that uh, it's the, it's the mindset of the rules change, right? The, the game changes, the pieces change, but uh, we can still go after it. I want to know of a bad decision though, man. You talked about maybe a couple of silly things he did as a, as a youngster, but maybe inside a business, what have you done? Just something that just didn't, didn't work that we can learn from bad decision. Most recently I made a decision to bring on a vendor line without communicating to the people that it would have affected most. And you uh, see how that probably didn't turn out the greatest? No, no, it was, it was not. It was one of those things where it made all the sense in the world to me. Yep. I had, I had an idea and I had, I don't know, vision, so to speak on the, on it. And I didn't communicate it. Didn't, didn't collaborate. Didn't, didn't gain any, uh, just pulled the trigger. And uh, that was a huge mistake. So I had to eat plenty of crow on with that and. <laughs> <laughs> go ask for forgiveness and or apologize and but that would be that was a, that was it was it was one of those things where it, it happened early I'd, I'd been I'd been named president and for some reason it just kind of was a the way that it worked out it, was, it just happened so fast that it wasn't that I was trying to make a decision because I thought I was right I just just right. kind of happened and it, it happened very early and I learned a ton from it I'll never make that mistake yeah. I mean when you have yeah. when you have when you have a team, it's not you. It doesn't matter what you think. That's right. You gotta, you, you gotta, you get, you have to gain, you have to gain buy-in from everybody. Everybody's gotta be on board. Otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That buy-in is huge. Even, even from what you said earlier of, of it not being you anymore, when you realize that it's not you, it's not that you have to like play the corporate game, right? Cause a lot of entrepreneurs make this same mistake over and over again, because we don't like the politics, as we say, like, oh, like, I don't want to just like, I'm, uh, it's my decision to make. I'm just going to do it. And I don't know if the listener can relate to that at all. But a lot of times when you try to get buy in or when you try to collaborate, as you said, it slows the process, right? It slows it down. <clears throat> then you get a lot of you have meetings upon meetings just to delineate what you had already decided what we're going to do. Right. And so it seems like a waste of time. There's just so much negativity, uh, supposed negativity that surrounds these types of things. But when you make the decision, even though you made it with speed and, and maybe your opinion accuracy, it just doesn't go very far. Like the execution of it is almost zero because everybody else is confused. They're confused. They're not, whether they're like against you or not, we don't know, but they at least don't even know. Like you said, I didn't even communicate it. It's like, well, man, it's really tough for the team to go about doing something. If there's not basic communication, let alone buy-in, what would you, what would you add to this from your situation? For my being named president of Lunar Associates, yeah, you, you end up, you're responsible to everybody. That's kind of how I, how I view it now. You, right. When I was a sales rep, when I was, it was just, it was me and a truck and a notepad and a territory and we just, right. you know, went after it. But yeah, now it's, it's every decision you make or every big picture decision you make affects everybody. And so right. it's getting, and you can't know everything, right? So it's, it's yeah. silly to not collaborate. It's silly not to not even get, it's not game buy-in. Look at it from a different lens, get, get a different perspective. Always, I always, yeah. historically, even good. I, I always try to get different perspectives. And that's why this, this was such a frustrating event for me looking back on it, because it's like, 
always I think I always yeah. I always try to get different perspectives yeah. and ask people. Yeah, you knew about it. I just didn't even I didn't even <laughs> so it just I don't know. I, I guess that would be every you, you become responsible to everybody and 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 everybody's opinions have to matter for 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 a business in a in a team setting to work and especially in a small business there's 12 of us <laughs> so everybody knows every everybody knows what they're doing and everybody has to be heard i guess yeah should yeah be. there's they should be yeah exactly as you said that's interesting because i <laughs> i heard you say a couple things that i related to but you know, as a guy, I don't want to make excuses for guys, but man, there's been some stuff over the years. I've been married for almost 15 years. This year will be 15 years here in a couple months. And there's been some times where I feel like you just described where I look back and I go, I don't, I don't really know why I did that. In fact, I can think of specific times where I've told other people not to do that exact <laughs> thing. <laughs> and then, and then somehow I didn't. And I don't know if it's just super linear thinking, black and white. The fact that as a guy, I'm, I feel like I'm limited in, in my ability to think it more than one thing at a time. I don't know. Regardless, you, you, we goof and we got to make it right. I loved how you said you apologized and went back quickly as, as quick as possible and not, not to brush it away, but to say, look, Hey, I'm going to do it different from now on. You mentioned servant leadership earlier. Servant leadership is, is a mindset. It's, it's a, it's a directional change. You now report to everybody is what you said. So all of these things are just incredibly valuable for the person listening. It's tough in a small business, especially being a leader, because like you said, there's not that many people, but there's also not that many people. (laughs) So it's like, it matters. It matters. People matter. Your clients matter. The, the relationships that are that are represented matter. And I think that that's when you see it different, right? Like when you see it, and even as believers, we can have that perspective. Okay, if I'm going to see someone as the Lord sees them, right? Like that should change my perspective. I should want to collaborate. I should want to hear their perspective simply because of that simple shift. But on top of that, as a servant leader, it matters. So thanks for sharing that. I'm going to go into our speed round here. I want to talk about KPIs. I like to say it like this, Matt, if you could only pick one thing to track forever and ever, what would you track? What would be the most important thing? Well, my, my business, it's sales. <laughs> right? Really sales is a key indicator for not only my business's success, but I think that it's a key indicator for my people's success. If they're selling, right. they're doing well. And if I can only look at one metric, right. I mean, sales tells me a lot. If I can look at someone's someone's territory or someone's sales numbers i can if right. they're down i can make, i can pick up the phone i, I can say hey how, how are we doing what's going on what can i help with if they're up i can can i can i can celebrate in their success which is a ton of fun hey man right. you killed it last month or you guys are doing great way to go and, and doing all that just doing doing those types of things i think is uh, yeah that would, that would be the metric that would tell me the most i think <laughs> in my business yeah. 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 And that's really the reason why I asked the question. Obviously you've listened to other shows or other episodes, I guess. And, and if the listener has as well, they, they realize that I get a myriad of different answers. It's fantastic. The point behind the question is what's that one thing that you can track right now. And then literally the rest goes like, I can, I can know the rest of the business from this one thing. And of course there's never just a scenario where I know only one thing I can pull reports for everything, right? Yeah. And I should be able to do so. But from a super high perspective, as well as a quick, fast moving perspective, what's the one thing, or maybe what's the one thing I look at every day or every hour, every five minutes, like, 
there's this, there's this pulse. There's this thing that I got my finger on all the time. And for you, it's sales. I think that a lot of businesses relate to that. From that comes a lot of different, uh, like you said, other, other metrics that are important. Matt, what would you recommend as far as a book for the listener if they're trying to grow their business? I got to recommend two. See You at the Top by Zig Ziglar. Most influential book I think I've ever read. Wow, um, that's a great wanting, book. It's been a minute. Oh yeah, it's, it's old, but wanting, helping others get what they want out of life. You will get everything you want of life. That's a key principle. Wanting for, for people, not from people. All that comes out of that. That's, that's the book that really, I don't know, impacted, impacted me in those, in those ideas yeah. from a young age. That's awesome. Um, and then the sales Bible. I think that sales, if you're, if you're a small business trying to grow, you got you to sell your product, you got to sell yourself, you got what you're doing. And the yeah. sales Bible by Jeffrey Gittimer is a, it's a great book for to kind of give you a breakdown of what sales really is, teach you how to do it. And, yeah. and it gives you, it gives you metrics. It's, it's one of those books that it's, if you, if you, if you don't sell it the first time, you know, it's going to take X amount of time, seven times over telling somebody something before they remember it, all that good stuff. I think yep. that there's a lot of value. Those, those two books influenced me probably more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you nailed it right on the head. I <laughs> For a small business owner, for probably most people paying attention to this show right now, you need to change your mindset and you need to grow your sales. <laughs> now, we both there know there's go. a ton that goes into both of those. You got to hire and you got to put teams together and you got to market and you got to do client relationship. Like there's all this other stuff. But if you do those two things, it'll create enough of a mess where you'll have plenty of things to figure out on the inside. Would you agree? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Fix the mindset, fix the, fix the sales. Oftentimes the mindset is a part of fixing the sales. Yeah. And so what, what, what are you selling? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you doing it? Exactly. Yeah. You're not, you're not selling a roof, right? No. We're never selling a roof. No. We're never selling a thing. I, in fact, just, just to make that super, super clear to the listener, if they don't understand what we're talking about, maybe they haven't read sales books and, and had a sales career like you and I have. But I had a guy in my mastermind group, he sells high-end like water features and he'll do a, a koi pond and a, and a big old waterfall, two, $300,000. And, and people are putting these spaces in their backyards. Now he's in Colorado. So this is a kind of a, a fairly regular thing where, you know, here in the Midwest, we're like, I'm sorry, you have a, you have a rock feature in your backyard. <laughs> That's a little out of place. And there's a lot of money being spent in a, in a backyard, right? And we were talking about this topic around sales and a looming potential recession. And how does that affect a big ticket, like a $200,000 water feature in someone's backyard? And, and the, the, what came out of that is that he's obviously not selling rocks and water. He's selling peace. He's selling the ability to host He's selling a special place. He's I mean, all of those things that fit into whatever they're, this is why they're spending the money on the, on the water feature. It's, is to be able to go to a place and read their Bible in their backyard or to go, go to a place and have their family over, like whatever, all those reasons come out to, that's what he's selling. Those things don't go away in a recession. No, <laughs> the roof does the, the water feature does, but the reasons underneath it never do. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. What do you think about intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? I think it's a good idea. Getting other perspectives, different lenses to look through, I think is always good. You can't, you can't know everything. You'll never know everything. You're, you're limited from your experience and you can, I think you can grow your, I think you can grow your experience through networking and getting different perspectives in business for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's, I think there's real power in collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of already talked about inside of your team, but having that same kind of power at your fingertips, if you will, outside of the, the, the forest can, uh, can help you see some things that uh, oftentimes even the team can't see. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Those are huge. I've got a question for you about family. This is a new one that I've put on the show a couple of times already this year, but you mentioned you're married and got a, a young one and another one on the way. I already told you I've got some young ones as well. And we're, we're, we're in the thick of it, both of us. And, and the reality of it is this as business owners or leaders of companies, we are where we are because we have an obsession. We have this winning or this, maybe this desire not to lose either way you look at it. We're pressing in hard, man. Like it, it, we, you cannot be successful if you don't have a level of burning desire. And, um, and so we do that in business. That's why we, that's why we are where we are. But what we forget sometimes is that we have to have that same level of burning desire in the marriage or as dads. And so my question to you is, what have you done practically to be able to keep that burning desire? I just don't believe in balance. I don't believe that we're like teetering back and forth, family on this side and business on the other. And it's like this constant, like one blow of the wind and the whole thing falls down. I think it's like sustainable, actual obsession on all of it. And so what are some practicals that, that you guys do in your family to keep those things burning? Well, I'm, I'm, I have the benefit of working out of my house. So because of our territory for our company, Wilner yeah. Associates covers five states. We don't really, we, we have an office, but only in our St. Louis branch. Everybody yeah. else is kind of on their own. So I'm home a lot. I'm getting my kid up at 7.30, hanging with him, getting him ready for the day. But practically, what some of the things I've done personally is I've been getting up 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning to try to get some things done so that I do have a couple hours in the morning to spend with my family before I'm off and out and about. And then practically you got, you got to create, I think you got to create some sort of boundary. I know it's not balanced, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, and, and it doesn't always work, but I try to get off my phone. It, I've made a commitment, get off my phone by six, shut it down and really yeah. just focus. You take the next three, four hours or whatever it is, and just be present with my wife and kid. I yep. think that that's important. Um, and I want to do it. And that's, that's the other yeah. side of it. It's, it's not that I'm, it's not a discipline. It's not like, oh my word, no, I gotta, it's, 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 I'm, I'm like you said, it's, it's, I want to be present. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good father. Yeah. And so I like to say all all we have is time at the end of the day and where you spent, you got to spend your time. It's most valuable to you. And I think that just having that awareness that you only, you know, I guess, I, I guess I don't know how to explain it any other way. I guess I don't have a. Yeah. Well, no, you're, you're spot on. I love the, I love the answer you've given us practicals, but also mindset. I, I want to just expound on what you said about not balance, but boundaries. I think that that's actually a great, a great language because look, if, if you were on a meeting, a leadership meeting from two to 4 PM on a Thursday and, and your son walked in the room you'd most likely say, Hey buddy, I'll be done in a little bit. Yeah. And so you, you, it's the boundary, the, the opposite way. It's not like just because it's just because we have family and business intermingled doesn't mean that they always like are like fighting for each other. And like, I have my phone on me 24 seven or that I'm, I'm I'm always saying yes or no to the family or to the meeting. Like it, it, or we're doing them all like, Hey, come on in here. We'll just all have a meeting like family. (laughs) That's not, that's not what integration actually means. What integration could possibly mean is like, okay, well, no, I did the meeting. 
And I, and I, I locked the door. There's no distraction. I was fully present with my leadership team because I wanted to be present. And then when I was done, I locked the door coming out of the office. I left my phone in there because I wanted to be present with, with my boy. And so I think that actually what you gave was super practical and also a great mindset. It's not necessarily balance. I don't, I think that's dumb. Kind of trying to like what? No, no, no. I, I can be, I can be a hundred percent here now. Well, balance means something's going to lose there. You can't, exactly. I, I do appreciate your, your not liking that term because at some point one is going to outweigh the other, even if it changes, it's still this idea that one's more, more pressing. And it just, to yep. me, it doesn't feel that way. I, I, yeah. I don't, it's, they're equally as important. Exactly. So. And when you decide that they're equally important, you do certain things like schedule the shutdown at six o'clock or schedule the the morning time. Or if I've got an open time in the afternoon, I block that sucker and we go over to the, the trampoline park or whatever, right? Like there's all different types of ways to be able to do that. But the recognition first comes from they're both, they're both, I'm after both or even a third. And I talk about my marriage also in there as well, because it can't just be about the kids either. It's gotta be, I gotta be able to see my wife, right? Yeah. All right. Last question here for you, Matt. I want to know, you could whisper in the younger Matt's ear. What would you say? Stop wasting time. That's what I'd tell him. <laughs> okay. Mainly because when you, when, when, when looking back, I don't, the things that matter, you, the th- things that really matter, you remember you, when you do things that matter, when you're right. spending your time appropriately. That's uh, right. And again, all we have is time. Time's, time is our most valuable asset. And I think that I could, if I could go back, I would have, I would have done some things different that would have maybe, maybe put me in a different position. I, it's, hard, it's, hard to, it's hard to complain about how things have turned out. Made a lot of mistakes, but learned a lot from those. And I, I kind of have a, something that I always kind of think about it's when it comes to decision-making and, and that process is, you know, and I, did, I didn't know this early on, but I know now that a lot of times you don't know, you, you don't know what a right decision looks like in certain yeah. situations. That's right. And uh, so what we do is, is we, we make the decisions that we make the right decisions. <laughs> and, and I think that if I, if I could go back, I'd say you, you wasted a lot of time early in your early twenties and late teens. And, yeah. you know, don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. Really a lot of your message here today has been intentionality <clears throat> and whether it's in the workplace or whether it's at home or even going back to your younger self, just being a little bit more intentional about those moments. You've made a huge emphasis on time and then where we spend it. And I think that not only is that just like obvious, like, yeah, you're right, but it's so powerful and, and something that we'll probably always tangle ourselves up in forever because it's, it, it is the most valuable understanding that we have is time. And I don't even know if we fully understand it, <laughs> you know, well, it's, um, I mean, it's difficult. It's, I mean, if you really kind of end up thinking about if you, if you get intentional about how you spend your time, it's pretty glaring if you're honest with yourself. About- yeah. I love what you just said when you said that so you, or you fully understand like those moments where you were doing the right thing. And you also know when you were wasting time or not, not doing something impactful or in, influential. I, I don't know exactly how you said it, but they'll go back and grab it. But that was huge. As soon as you said it, it was like, okay, yeah, no, I know. I remember. I remember. I, I know even still today, I know the moments I was like, ah, oh, you were wasting time. It was only five <laughs> minutes, but you little, and, and so, okay, so now it sets us on a track record of being more efficient and, and getting more things done. No, 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 more impactful, All right? So now we're talking about King Mindset again. It's like, okay, like in order for me to really to be fulfilled as, as, a, as a person, as a believer, as a, as a business owner, 
as a dad, as a husband, as a, all of these things, all wrapped in one. It's about impact. It's about influence. It's about being able to be the best version of myself, to be all that I'm made to be, which then impacts others. And so I think that you gave us this recipe when it comes to our time to be able to do that. So Matt, how can the listener find you? Well, first off, if they're in the roofing industry and they need your services and or products and how can they find you there? But then also as an entrepreneur, how can they just find you and pick your brain? Woundedassociates.com is our website. You can find me on LinkedIn, Matt, Matt Weatherly. I don't really have social media, so I don't have Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. But yeah, hit me up on LinkedIn and uh, we can exchange, exchange contact information or whatever. That's, that's yeah. really the only platform that I'm on. That's all right. That's all right. There's a lot of, a lot of folks like that, especially in the business world. I'm finding that LinkedIn actually is even becoming a little bit more social, like, like some of the other platforms as well. So Matt, we'll put all that in the, in the show notes for the listener to be able to find you. Uh, thank you for being here, man. Just giving up your, your time and your experiences, not only business, but also in the family and giving us that trajectory of, of intentionality. We just really appreciate it. Blessings to your family, to your business, to your team. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Chaz. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.